Hello. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Richard. Um, please note that it's not Rich or Dick or Richie, Richard. <laughs> My mother, I used to get called everything at home from the dog's name, but when I was in trouble, it was Richard. <laughs> so, look, I'm here under protest today. Um, I'm not very keen on uh, public speaking anyway, and when it's talking about myself, it's even worse. So, um, But Mary is a persuasive person, and, <laughs> and, and he got me up here. So if you've heard all that I've got to say before, or you get bored, you can blame him. Okay, it's been great listening to the previous testimonies of uh, people that have given them and, and hearing how God has uh, used and interacted with their lives. So I'm the senior representative. Um, as Brian loves telling me, um, I've got uh, quite a few years under my belt. So um, l let me share with you what's, uh, what's been happening in my life um, up until now. When I thought about what um, I should share and, and leave with you, um, God prompted me to, um, to tell you some of the challenges I've had over the past year in, in 2020. But before I do that, I think I will just hopefully quickly paint a picture of what's happened in my walk with God until now. As you can guess from my accent, I uh, didn't originate from here. Um, although I've been here nearly 40 years, I still get called a pommy, often with an expletive thrown in as well. Um, and I even support the Wallabies, um, which is a bit of a lost cause at the moment. So afterwards, if somebody could tell me how I can become a true Aussie, please tell me. My Childhood was spent um, growing up on the edges of Exmoor, which is in North Devon in the West Country of England. My parents were God-fearing. They belonged to the Plymouth Brethren sect. Um, not the strict one, but it was still a fairly strict upbringing. Um, no television on Sunday, no papers, we didn't even have a hot cooked meal because that was working on Sunday. It was a code meal. Um, certainly weren't allowed to go out to pray, uh, to play outside. So, yeah, I'm not sure what it was like here in 70 years ago, but uh, that was my upbringing. What I can remember, though, as if it was yesterday, was the 16th of September, 1951. Now, that's a long time ago. But as a seven-year-old, I became a Christian. I can remember kneeling down by my bed with my mother and, um, yeah, just accepting Jesus as my Savior. Of course, I didn't recognize and I didn't understand it all, but I had this childlike faith that, that if I said I'm sorry, and believed in a simple way in Jesus' death I would become a Christian and spend eternity with my parents. And I think that was quite a bit of the impetus of doing it. I didn't want to be separated. But for, 
but for whatever reason, it was the start of my Christian, my Christian walk. Um, I left the Brethren Fellowship many, many years ago, um, but I'm still so thankful, and I've sh shared this before, thankful of some of the basic tenets which they held dear to. The priesthood of all believers, we don't need anybody special to get between us and God. The centrality of uh, prayer, the missionary zeal, the authority of the Bible, hospitality, you know. Anyway, I could go on. So I thank God for my early days, and, and I am, um, yeah, so thankful. As a teenager, I went away to boarding school and then ended up in the big smoke in London and eventually qualified as a civil engineer. Um, and then latterly, I moved kind of sideways into software engineering, still dealing with the engineering applications. Um, I've had the privilege of living and working in all five continents around the globe. And although that has been a wonderful experience, the thing that sticks with me is that in every place where we have lived or, or I have worked, the hospitality that I have found from Christian folk is unbelievable. And it's ranged from strict German Lutherans to chandelier swinging Pentecostals. <laughs> that, but the basic fact that we felt that we had a God and we had this relationship and it's been a wonderful impetus th throughout my life. So we worked in London. Um, I met and married my wife Mary in 1968 and I'll talk a bit more about her later on. Um, and just one word about our work in London. We worked in a um, multicultural church in South London, quite near Brixton, which is a highly multicultural where there are more non-English speaking faces than there. So Mary and I were involved with the youth work there. And this, the, the thing that I can remember is, the, um, is our youth groups, which we used to lead. We used to have, it's not politically correct, but we used to have a, a black and white minstrel show. The West Indians would come and the Cockney lads would come and you just hoped that they didn't come together. And I've still got scars on my shins of the f bottle fights where they'd both got crates of milk bottles. Maybe you youngsters don't know what milk bottles are, but, but milk bottles that came flying through the air and trying to break up, break up these fights. But it was a wonderful um, opportunity to speak into these guys' lives and we saw people genuinely converted. We emigrated here in 1982 um, following a prophetic word which was uh, spoken over us. Um, that's a different story, another story altogether. Um, after a spell abroad um, in 2002, we were looking for a church, and I don't know how it was, but we arrived here. Mike Robinson was speaking at Feast on 
Acts, on a book in uh, a chapter in Acts. And afterwards, Mary and I uh, looked at each other and said, okay, this is the place we're looking for. So I have been fellowshipping here for the last, whatever that is, 19 years. Um, yeah, we've had our challenges. Um, many of you have been here longer than I have. Um, but yeah, it's been some, some, some good years. And my present ministry is in the men's shed and the prayer team, I guess, are my two main areas. Um, in all this time, I like to thank God for my family. I have three grown-up girls. Uh, it keeps increasing, but I think it's 11 grandkids at the moment. Um, they all live in the Sydney era, so I'm very grateful for that. So look, that's me. Um, we have, and in summary, um, I can look back on my 70 years of being a Christian thankful for God's um, leading, for his blessings, for his safety, you know, some of the crazy things we did as youngsters and he brought us through, and for forgiveness. You know, I confess that <laughs> I've done some stupid things in my life, um, things that I, I, I'm really ashamed of now, but when the devil tries to get at me, I tell him to buzz off and tell him that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's my life. Now, coming back to what I was saying about uh, looking at the past year, what a year 2020 was. It's affected all of us, um, young and old, youngsters, dis uh, disrupted schooling, parents having to stay at home to look after their children. I think my generation has probably got off lightest of all. You know, we, we don't have to work. Uh, hopefully our pensions will still, <laughs> still keep coming. Um, so, yeah, but it, it has affected all of us. And as the COVID death toll increases, I'm told it's just um, gone over two million at the moment. But in perspective, that's less than those that died from the Spanish flu a hundred years ago. So, yeah, what's God trying to tell us? Well, as we've already prayed, we're thankful that we live in Australia and not, and not um, the U.S. or somewhere like that. So what challenges has um, God placed before me last year particularly? And how has he helped me overcome them? I'd like to wrap my answer around um, that verse in Micah, which I, um, no, it's not up there, but it, it's Micah 6, verse 8. You all know it. Um, and what does the Lord require of you? Act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Micah is speaking again out about the corruption that is, was throughout the Israel society. So this isn't going to be an in-depth study of that, but I'd just like to take those three phrases and to hang my answers around those. So just bear with me, would you? So the first one is to act justly. Um, that is an outward action. Me 
um, acting justly to other people. Now, s social justice is the in phrase at the moment. Um, we all can recognize it. We all see the need of it. We've talked about the, the, um, the injustices in this world and we all want to do something about it. Now, what about me? I'm not an employer, so I cannot help people that work for me. I'm not politically motivated, so um, I'm unlikely to get out there and start banging a uh, drum at a, at a political meeting. What can I do? Well, I've used this to, um, to kind of think about the work that we do in the men's shed. How can I act justly in my relationship to the guys that we're in contact with? Um, that's my kind of area of justice. Um, as Chris and others will tell you that are here, we have, it's a challenging work, um, and any manager here will let you know that it's more, um, you spend more time sorting out personal differences than you do technical problems when you run a team. So we, we do have our interesting conversations and discussions down there. Um, so how do I act justly? I've, I feel that I've got it, um, I've got three headings here. One, that my character has got to match my words. If I try and tell them that God has done this for me, it's absolutely no good for me to go and act out of that character. So how do we, um, so we, I have just had to make sure that um, my actions and deeds are consistent with the Christianity and the relationship which I'm trying to promote. The second one is that um, my actions have got to match my promises. Um, I've been hauled up um, by a couple of non-Christian guys who have said, you promised to do this, but you haven't done it. So the challenge to me this, this year has been, okay, if I say I'm going to do something, then uh, I've got to do it. Um, and obviously I can only do that with God's help. And then there are those that are doing it um, much tougher than me, financially, emotionally, um, medically. I've got to, to be just to the care that we've already talked about. I've got to walk alongside those guys. And yeah, that's, it's hard at times, but it's rewarding when you, when somebody comes up to you and says, thank you. Thank you for phoning me up. Thank you for coming to visit me. Thank you for helping me in this, this way. So that's my acting justly. The second one there is loving mercy. Um, now, this is um, more of an inward action. Um, I'm not a scholar, but I'm told that the word which is translated love mercy also has the thought 
of God's covenant loving faithfulness. That it's a case of, um, of recognizing that God has this and I need to respond to his faithfulness in being faithful to him as well. And I, have, um, I can testify here that throughout this year I have, I have been able and have been sustained by knowing that God is a faithful, loving God and he has helped me to express that in the rest of my life and to respond to him and to recognize it and to share with you guys and others that I believe God is loving, faithful, and will continue to do so. Now, um, most of you will know that my wife passed away a year ago um, after 14 years of, um, of dementia. Um, in the end, it was a blessing as she slipped away because she was going to a far better place. And I have had this thought here that I can trust in God's covenant, loving faithfulness to me to sustain me through this period. Um, I can testify that throughout that time I was able to accept what was happening. I didn't question it, although I did question it, but it soon passed away, and just believing that God is sovereign, that he is in charge, and that I can trust him for what is happening in my life. Um, there will be questions which I have, which I won't be able, to, I guess I won't get answered in, until I get to heaven, but God is faithful God has walked with me. He has promised to be with me in all steps of my life. And so I can witness to myself and remember that he is that faithful God. And then finally, um, we come to talk humbly. Sorry, walk humbly, which is obviously an upward action. Now, talking about walking humbly is a bit of an oxymoron. Um, by talking about it, um, I'm not sure I'm being very humble, but um, uh, as I've been asked to share my experiences, I'm, go I'm going to take the plunge, and I just hope I don't dig a hole too deep that I won't be able to climb out of. So as I have focused on the challenges of 2020, how have I tried to walk humbly with my God? Um, again, take this as a personal thing. I'm not preaching. I'm just saying how, how it helped me. Um, there was a daily recognition of my relationship to God. Though he was my father, he is also my king. And at times we can take our relationship with God too lightly. And we don't recognize just the majesty of who he is. So there is a sense of walking humbly that we recognize that he is God and that he is king, even though he is also our father. There is 
being thankful for the small, big, irrelevant things, but also the major things. And I have tried increasingly whenever a prayer is answered, whenever something, when I'm looking for my keys and I find them on my thing, thank you, God. And I think it's a tremendous attitude of, of saying thank you and recognizing that God has done something, even if we think it's a coincidence, um, thankfulness is there. Becoming God-dependent. There have been several times when I've had to say to God, God, I can't do this. I need your help. And as we... Um, the Bible is full of stories of people crying out to God. And it's always the same. When they cry out to God, the, the following text is nearly always, and God answered. So I have tried to learn this the, over this year, facing all the challenges of COVID, all the challenges of losing my wife, all the challenges of the men's shed, and living life generally to, um, yeah, to, to remember these things. I'd like to finish by just reading um, one verse from Philippians 4, which, um, yeah, has, has also helped me to walk humbly. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Can I commend that to you? Think about those things, and I think that we get things into perspective. So let's look forward to the challenges of 2021. There's nothing that we can't do collectively together with God's help, and we can tell the devil to buzz off, and we can conquer all that's before us. So, so okay, that's my story. Um, yeah. Thank you.